With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com. Or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Celtic State of Mind. We're live. My name is Paul John Dykes and tonight I am joined by Natasha Miko. Welcome back, Natasha. Plenty to talk about. And Colin Watt, who's running late, so when he comes on, please give him a hard time because it's his fault that we're 60 seconds late this evening. And I don't mind telling you that because, you know, this weekend um, is a positive one, Natasha. I mean, let's think back. Let's think back to the beginning of this season and last season. And here we are, and I've, I've asked the question all week, um, you know, it's kind of beyond our expectations. And 
I've asked everybody that's been on, what was your expectation? So season number one under Ange Postacoglu, what were you expecting at this time, going into the last game of the season for Celtic? Where, where did you expect Celtic to be? I certainly didn't expect to be in this position. I think if at the start of the season, which we did talk about, um, and if I cast my mind back to some of the things I was saying when he first came in, I think what we wanted to see, I think there was no expectation that we would win the league. Of course we wanted to. Of course that was the ultimate goals that we wanted to win the league. It wasn't the expectation given the size of the task that Ange Postacoglu faced. And I think when we talked about, OK then, if we don't win the league, what is still an acceptable season here? And I think we or my opinion it was and probably still is, that if we'd managed to close that massive gap that they'd managed to get on us the season before, if we'd managed to make a good inroad into that, but not only in terms of the points total, but if we'd started to see Angie's philosophy coming together, if we'd started to see the type of football that we expected Celtic Football Club to be playing, and if we could see it coming together on the pitch, if we were improving every game, I think we would have at that stage held our hands up and said, OK, it's a big task, might not be the title this year, but look at how much we've achieved compared to last year, given not only were we so far behind last year, that some of the football we were playing was almost unwatchable. So I think if we got to that stage where we said, look, the football's going in the right direction, the signings are going in the right direction, let's give you know this another year or so and he's going to turn this team into something exceptional. He's done that. He did that within his first season. And despite us sitting there at the start and saying, you know, he... We, won't, we might not be able to challenge for the league this season, whatever. Ange Postacoglu didn't believe that for a minute. He came in to win the title and he fully believed he could do it. And I'm absolutely delighted for, for him, for us as the fans and everyone that he's managed to do that because that was some task we gave him and he absolutely succeeded in it. He did. You know, I've been going back through because obviously this week we've had you know apologies from the likes of Alan Brazil who um, you know famously criticised Ange Postecoglou mm-hmm. before he got in the door uh, with his sidekick Alan McCoy sniggering away in the background. And I just think that when you go back to those early podcasts, for example, and of course we're going out every day, um, and the reaction at that stage, I think, has to be taken into consideration where we were as a club and how much a lack of trust we had in the board and the board's decision-making. And I brought this up the other day, uh, Natasha, I think a lot of the frustrations weren't aimed at the specific appointment. Once that Eddie Howe deal collapsed, there was there was going to be a sense of disappointment and it wasn't against Ange Postacoglu. It was about the way the club had conducted the managerial search. Mm, I think that's right. I think we didn't doubt Ange Postacoglu. We didn't doubt him as an appointment. Nobody was, you know, making it about him. At the point where we were and every, the whole circumstances around it, the way that the board had been acting, the way that the how deal had fallen through, our mistrust, or if there was any, it was never directed at Ange. It was always at the fact, could we trust this board to put the right man in place? They hadn't before. Was Had they now? Um, it was never directed at Ange. Um, and credit to them, or whoever's choice it was. Well, we've heard different things about whose choice this was throughout the season. I think the latest one that we heard over the last couple of days is that it was Mark Walwell who found Ange. So whoever did it, and um, whoever the line is next found Ange Postacoglu, I'm very grateful to them because it was certainly the right decision. He's proven that he's not only the right manager for the club in terms of the football that he's delivered, in terms of what he's done with the players, and the professional side of things, but in terms of who he is as a person as well, I can't think of many managers out there who would have been a better fit for us than Ange Postacoglu. 
Definitely. Now we've had a, a, a wee entrance there from Colin Watt coming in fashionably late. Colin, welcome. Friday night, yeah. a Celtic state of mind. Apologies to everyone. That's me just getting through the police barricade from Dundee on Wednesday night. Um, so that was terrible, yeah, by the way. That is the most te- uh, most shocking police incident I've seen at a football game. I was Wednesday night. The way that they handled the fans and kettled them was beyond belief. Absolutely appalling. Yeah, we, had, we were caught up in that as well, and you know it was it was genuinely dangerous. People could have, and I think in some cases were could have been injured. Um, Seriously, as well. I mean, the crushing was was frightening. Um, there was people near us who were pointing it to the police that the, you know their decision to herd the fans in that manner was actually contributing to the overall danger of the situation. And I heard with my own ears one of them say, "Well, you're football fans," um, and I've never been more appalled in my life to hear something at a football ground. But it was genuinely, genuinely dangerous. Um, and I think the SLO is taking this up with them. I think it's being dealt with, but. The way that football fans in, are treated in the country really needs addressed. Well, that, shows you, that shows you the attitude. But I mean, the, the problem is, Colin, sorry to interject, interject yeah. though, that attitude, um, if it's at the root of the authority that is meant to be looking after the safety of thousands, tens of thousands of people within football stadiums, if that is the kind of um, attitude and the culture within the, the um, authority that are looking after us, then it's dangerous because uh, you'll... you'll Think back to some of the tragedies, and a lot of that was in the roots of the uh, the attitudes towards football fans, and the fact that you know football fans were treated uh, like scum basically mm-hmm. by the authorities. Um, and if that's starting to happen again, it needs to be challenged immediately. So, hopefully, that is happening. Sorry, Colin, I cut you off there. I was going to say it's, it's definitely the worst I've ever seen, um, and it always tends to be aimed at away fans. There's never any issue if you go to a home end. I mean whether it be at Celtic Park or if you go and watch other games, you'll see there's never any bother at all. I don't understand what they were expecting from that on Saturday, on Wednesday night. Well, that's it. What are they being briefed, Colin? What yeah. are they being briefed before they go out from the police stations to the game? What are they being told? What intelligence are they being fed? For people to be crawling on the floor to try and get away from it all, there's something seriously wrong in the way that the, these th- fixtures are handled. It wasn't as if it was a high-profile match. Yes, OK, Celtic were going to go on to secure the title that night. There wasn't going to be any trouble. The only trouble was caused by the fact that you've took a street, which is a fairly wide street in Tanadai Street, put two police fans at either side of Collins. it. You put two police fans at either side of it, and then you put two horses who are visibly distressed in the middle, and you're trying to funnel fans through that. That is a recipe for disaster written all over it. Thankfully, there was no disaster, but I think when you see the signs, that's when it needs to be uh, raised and it needs to be dealt with. But my big concern is what are they being fed prior to going to the games? What is within the match briefing before they come out? What what kind of signals are they being sent about Celtic supporters coming up to Dundee? That, that would be a big concern for me. It's a Friday night. It's nice and relaxed. People will be getting ready if they haven't already started their weekend, couple of beers or whatever your your um, your tasty poison is. Mark Duffy is watching on YouTube. Hail, hail all. And has already become a hero this season. He'll become a legend. 
during the week and over the last few weeks, I've been talking about how we often see the signs of either a legendary team, legendary manager or figures, but it's uh, all too fleeting, Natasha. And there has been talk, although it wasn't confirmed today in the press conference by Ange, that uh, we're trying to tie him down to a a longer-term deal. That is an absolute no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Um, You know the word legend is thrown around a little bit too often nowadays, but and I don't think Andrew's there yet, and I think he'd be the first person to to agree with that. And actually, when he did this more recent fan event in the Kerrydale and he was taking questions, someone at the end said to him, you know, I hold you in the esteem of people like, you know, Billy McNeil and Jock Steen and Henrik Larson and named a few legends of the club. Um, and Ange said that he was very grateful, but that he doesn't deserve that title yet. And But he did also say that he hopes to get up somewhere close to that one day because he's got a lot of work to do at this club and he plans on doing it. Um, and I think that's the perfect answer. Um, he's got he's got all the ingredients there. He's got everything going for him that, you know, could potentially give him that status one day. But we're, we're a few years away from that yet. But what he has achieved this year has just been absolutely phenomenal. And this is him coming in to a ginormous task. You know, he started at the bottom of a hill and it was looking a long, long way up. You know, we're not in that position now. So I'm interested to see what he now does this you know, this new season going forward, this preseason, this transfer window. He doesn't have a massive rebuild task on his hands. He doesn't have, you know, the enormity of the task that he did when he came in. He's had, you know, a bedding in period, he's has, you know, a transfer window, he's got a real good core of the team there that doesn't need greatly added to as it did when he first came in so it's a new prospect a new challenge from this pre-season and this transfer window I'm really interested to see how he handles it in terms of securing him to a long-term deal absolutely fundamental you know we're talking about signing players like Carter Vickers and Jota and getting them tied down before we do any of that we absolutely need to make sure that Ange Postacoglu is tied down to a long-term deal Uh, I don't have any immediate concerns about him rushing off somewhere else but it puts people off as well you know if they're hearing about this fantastic manager in Scotland the way we all talk him up like we do he's going to gather interest so let's get him tied down on a long-term deal because I think he could do really special things here over the next few years he definitely could I'm keen to get people involved in the comment section Natasha but uh, while I do that I want you to have a wee think because I think you might be talking to the gaffer uh, tomorrow afternoon so we're going to be asking you what you're going to say to him what you're going to ask him Paddy Lavery thank you for joining us you're on YouTube good evening Axom it's always a pleasure to see you sir and Gary McLeod thanks to all the contributors at Axom a great place to hang out with like minded people keep up the great work that's why it's called the Celtic State of Mind we're here for people with a similar state of mind and at this moment in time it's certainly a positive one Colin I'll ask you if you were to be speaking to Ange tomorrow like Natasha is on behalf of a Celtic State of Mind what would you say to him or what would you ask him? Um, I mean what can you ask him that's not already been asked this season I feel as if he's he's not been one to hide away from things like this this is how many times has he faced the fans now? three or four times now Mm. He faces the press every week. It's very difficult. I think when you look at it, you're saying, obviously, the departures of Beaton and Rogic have been confirmed, and it looks as if they've known about this for weeks. And a lot of the background work is already ongoing at the moment. So I would like to understand what his priorities are in the transfer market, because I actually disagree with you, Natasha. I think this is as important a rebuild this summer as last summer. And the reason is, last summer, obviously, we were... We were a disgrace as a squad. 
there was players wanting to leave. Are you talking about Axon or Celtic? A bit of both. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, players wanted to leave. You could tell it. You, you saw the attitude among some of the players last season. When you take a look at it, only one of them is actually still here that is playing regularly, and that is Callum McGregor. Greg Taylor, you could argue as well, but he was in and out the squad. And when you look at it, you're saying, right, you've now put, as you said, the core of that team in there. But it's about extending from the core of that team because you want to be challenging on all three domestic fronts next season. You want to be competitive in Europe. You've qualified for the Champions League now um, automatically for the first time since Mark Lanil, perhaps. Are we back in 2002, maybe? Something around then when we, we didn't have to qualify. Now you're looking at where do you spend the money this summer? Now, it was already confirmed by Ams today that Dyson Maeda has signed up for four years which is fantastic. We look as if we're going to bring in the boy from Hammerby at left-back on a £2 million deal. The Jota and Carter Vickers transfers, potentially between those four deals, that's already somewhere in the region of £10 to £12 million. Now, you're looking at replacing someone who is a legend, as we see in so many people's eyes, in Tom Rogic, someone who's offered versatility to the squad in near Beaton. Christopher Julian's going to be leaving the squad, as he's, he's mentioned today as well. That's three players you've got to replace on top of what we already needed. I think we're going to need another six to eight players this summer to boost the squad and to also boost the first team if we want to be competitive and we want to retain our title next year. We're going to bring up James A. Forrest, Tom Rogic, Nier Beaton, but you mentioned Julian, Colin, so fill us in. What has today's outburst as Celtic uh, follower comes in to reiterate there has been some chat around Julian's future? What, what's happened today? So Julian's spoken in the French press and it looks as if um, he's basically said that he's been fit since mid-January and he's not been part of the gaffer's plans and he has said that if he isn't going to be part of the plans as it stands then he'll be moving on in the summer which I don't think many people would argue against. Um, He has put in one request and that is that he plays 90 minutes tomorrow and for that I hope that we start with Cameron and Carter Vickers and Starfelt because nobody tells Andrew if they want to play or not. He decides whether you get to play. Um, he's he, he made a point, and it's a point that's been spoken about on here before. And what he said is, he's getting in the squad, he's getting on the bench, but then at times he's been dropped for, as he said, a midfielder who twilights at centre-back. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet. Not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Now, he's obviously referring to Nair Beaton in there, because I can't think of anybody else that he could be talking about. So, it just seems as if he's one of these players, and I've watched them in the B-team games. I don't know if anyone else has seen it, but it's not as if he's put the the performances out there and he, I guess he's not doing it at training either to suggest that Ange has actually got the consideration to maybe play him. It looks like for me, he's down tools and he's ready to go. And if that's the case, then 
yeah, okay, you came in as a big transfer, you gave us some good moments, but if you're not part of the squad, then it's time to go. See, the thing, everything you've said there, Natasha, goes against everything that Ange has been building here. I mean, we spoke about last year how there were want-away stars. We know, because Neil Lennon confirmed that there were players in the dressing room after the Fenerbahce-Valos game who didn't want to play for Celtic. Now, I'm always at that stage, and even players that I absolutely loved at the time, and the likes of John Collins. I remember the moment it sounded as though John Collins wanted away from the club. I remember Tommy Burns dropped him, and you, you you totally disengaged from that player. It's like, well, if you don't want to play for the hoops, you know, au revoir, basically. Mm-hmm. And I think Van Hooydonk was another tough one because he was a fan's favourite at the time. But you learn very uh, early in your Celtic supporting life that if the player doesn't want to be there, move them on because they're a bad apple. You know, in, in the in the dressing room, and those comments, I don't know if they've been lost in translation, Colin. But if that's the kind of thing he's talking about, and he and he's referring to his teammates, then you know, I think it is time for him to go, mm-hmm. Natasha. Well, let's not forget. I remember when Duffy comes in because Ayer and Julien weren't gelling at the back, and we were crying out for a centre half. So yeah, he did give us some great moments, but they were quite some time ago. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the minute a player suggests that they don't want to be at Celtic anymore, I have absolutely no interest in them playing for the club again. Um, And I don't think anything's been lost in translation enough that we don't get the gist of what he's saying. Um, He needs to be playing football and he wants to be playing football. I mean, listen, Julian has had a horrific injury and he's been out for a significant period of time. For his career, he needs to be playing football again. He needs to start playing regular football again to try and resurrect the career following that injury. I fully appreciate that. But this is absolutely not the way to go about making sure you're playing regular football at Celtic. The way to go about that is showing Ange in training every single day why you should merit a place in that starting eleven or coming off the bench or whatever it is. If he's not doing that, then that's not enough. He's not going to get in that team. Ange isn't going to be told by anyone, like Colin touched on, whether they should start or not. Ange, Kennedy, McManus, Strachan, whoever, they watch Julian in training every single day. If what they're seeing on the training pitch every single day makes them think that he isn't the right fit for what they need him to be doing in the team, then, you know, you can't argue with that. Yes, like we've touched on, Julian gave us some incredible moments. Yes, they were a while ago. I mean, for me, I always liked Julian. I thought he was competent. I thought he was a relatively good centre half, someone I'd probably like to keep around. But, you know, when you're thinking about what we're looking at and what we remember, that was, you know, 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. What well, who he is now, only, you know, Ange and his backroom team are seeing that. So they're making a decision based on what they're seeing. And we've just got to put our faith in Ange, which I'm sure we all absolutely do. If it's not up to scratch, it's not up to scratch. And if he's got any complaints about the fact that a, a midfielder is getting picked before him to be on the bench in case of any issues at centre defence, then he's got to look at himself in that case. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, even if Carter Vickers moves on or or whatever, I don't see Gillian being the one that would fill that void because if Ange doesn't rate him highly enough to play him at centre-half over near Beaton, then he's not going to be rated highly enough to be the one starting the centre of our defence next year, not for the league, not for Europe. So I think for Gillian, his time at Celtic is is absolutely up. Um, I hope that means that the club are doing absolutely everything they can to keep Carter Vickers. Um and I think we will. Um, I'm getting more and more confident as time goes on that Carter Vickers and probably Jota as well will be here next season. Um, just sort of segueing on that conversation, we did see the 
the kit launch being filmed at Celtic Park over the last couple of days. Um, filming taking place in the grounds with the new with the new kits, and by all accounts, Jota and Carter Vickers were very much part of that. Now that is certainly a case of perhaps reading into it too much, but I'll take what I can and run with it. Um, but for me, that's a very positive sign that they will be around next season. At least I'm going to look at it like that anyway. I think that's a really good segue because I think the people that will be most disappointed if Christopher Julian does go is the media team because he's been their model for all the kit launches <laughs> for the last couple of seasons. Every time they've got a new range, it's Chris Julian. But <laughs> let, let's be honest, as you said, if the guy's not there and he's not putting the appetite in in training, then there's no place for him in the squad. All he has to do is take a look round at some of the revival stories of some of the players in the squad this season. Everyone that was given a fresh chance under Ange, even guys like Jack Amakis, who at the start of the season started off very poorly, was written off and he built himself back into the team. Anthony Ralston, who didn't have a Celtic career at the start of the season. Guys like Greg Taylor, who have been on and turned fans' opinions around. Just because you've had a great pass doesn't mean that you can automatically just walk yourself back into the team. You have to earn your right, and he doesn't sound as if he's done it at all. Well, you think about, um, he's saying that he's been fit since the middle of January. At what point would you drop Cameron Carter-Vickers or Starfield to bring in Julian? Exactly, exactly. No chance. The last thing you do when your defence is sort of, you know, getting the records they are for how little goals they're conceding, how solid they're looking, how much they're gelling together. Why do you disrupt that to try and bring a player back into it? You just don't. You know, and for Christopher Julian, he's got to look at the bigger picture there as well and what's best for the team. What's best for the team is absolutely not breaking up that centre defensive partnership to put him into it. Um, coming back from a long-term injury and some games that are vitally important throughout the, the that point of the season. And I think that's what's that's what's frustrating about Julian's comments is that they do seem to disregard his teammates and his team and the club's ambition as a whole, this whole bigger picture thing. And you know, something you know that's talked about regularly is for the players who are on the pitch who are starting, who are in the starting eleven, who are playing the ninety minutes, to keep them at the level that they're at. In training, they need to be being pushed all the way by their teammates who are, you know, vying for that position, who want to get in in front of them. And that sort of competitiveness for positions, that energy in training, that's what helps create and keep the performances at the standard that they're at on the pitch. You know, so for Julian and Starfield, for Carter Vickers and Starfield to keep at the level they're at, then it's healthy. It's healthy for the squad to have someone like Julian, you know, biting at their heels trying to get into the team. But if he's just down in tools and saying, oh, I'm not starting and, you know, that's that's it for me, then that's absolutely not what we need. Um, we haven't lost a game in the league since we put that partnership with Carter Vickers and Starfield together. And I think we conceded something like 19 goals in that time. How, how can you say that you earn your place in that squad? You have to show in training that you're better than that centre defensive partnership. Now, yes, it's difficult, but if, you, if you're a professional footballer, that's a challenge you should thrive upon to make yourself even better. And it looks if, as I said, he's just kind of went, that's it, that's me done, I'm away, bye. Right. Exactly, and the thing is, over the last couple of days, I've had to add a couple of players on the uh, transfer list on the, the way out that I probably didn't expect. So we'll have a wee chat about that as well. Because yes, last pre-season was a huge um, turnaround in terms of staff leaving, coming in. There's going to be another big, massive turnover in, in staff this pre-season. But I think what Ange certainly has now is the crux of his team and what he's trying to do is strengthen it rather than put it together. Um, and I'm pretty sure having won a league title that uh, they'll be galvanised by that Paul Diet uh 
Evening ladies and gents and a good evening to you as well Patrick, uh, hail hail the Celts are here Absolutely and thanks all the Celts for joining us on the chat Anything you want to talk about bring it up and we'll have a wee discussion Marky boy, at last it's Friday and can have my first alcoholic beverage And raise my glass to the finest team in Scotland And to also know Axon will be with us daily all the way through that close season Yes we will No, Paul, um, Paul you've got to say it properly You've got to say it like the announcer at Celtic Park I'd Say what? <laughs> The, the finest, finest team in Scotland. All right. Hail, hail. I'll leave, the, I'll leave that to you. Yeah. I'll leave that to you, young man. Um, because remember, Tiger Tim was the stadium announcer when I started kicking about in the 1990s. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> and I don't, I'm not quite sure what this means by FS. Any actual team at the foundation dinner? No, me neither. Because actually that means you weren't at the dinner. So is that what you mean? Are you trying to be a widow? I'm not quite sure. Because obviously we do a lot of work for charity. Only the 28 grand raised for the birthplace of Celtic in December there. So if you want to clarify that, Feel free to do so Any other points that you want to come in with Then there's plenty to talk about We've just won the league So try and keep it positive Ladies and gents Like most of the people in the comments section uh, Let's talk about James Forrest first We'll try and keep it as the news came in James A. Forrest And I've been saying on here Yep, give him a deal I also said give Tommy Rogica a deal And give Nier Beaton a deal uh, One out of three ain't bad James A. Forrest gets a three year extension which looks as though he's going to end his career at Celtic. Natasha Mikel, will come to you first. What's your thoughts on that? Um, fine, I suppose. You know, do you know, I genuinely don't. I didn't feel particularly strongly one way or the other when I was when it was announced. Initially, I was surprised, to be honest, and then I thought about it a bit more. And that he obviously wants to end his career at Celtic. Um, whatever terms that are on, they might be reduced given his, his current playing status. But if that's what he wants to do, then fine. I think he'll be under no illusions that he'll be starting every game. But if he's talked to Andrew and said, look, I'm happy to be back up. I want to be part of the squad. The terms are reduced on that basis that takes me to the end of my career. Then I don't think that's a bad move for um, James. And I don't think it's a bad move for the club either. When you look at the news coming out today, which we'll get onto, which partly broke my heart that Tom Rogic and Nir Beaton are leaving, um, we are losing some of the players who have been at the club for for the longest for a significant period of time. And you know, let's not forget James Forrest is one of them. So if you're losing two players of the stature at the club, who have the length of service at the club that Beaton and Rogic have, then maybe it's it's good to keep around someone like James Forrest who has been there. For his whole career, you know, we talked about obviously they're very, very different characters, but we talked about when Scott Brown left the importance or the loss of having someone with his experience, his service to the club, his knowledge of the club around the club, how important that would be and how much of a loss it would be. We're losing a bit of that in Forrest, Rogic, and Beaton. So Forrest still has that, you know, he's, he might not be the character of the others, he might not be the biggest personality in the world. But, you know, he is someone in the dressing room who's been at Celtic for his entire career, who knows the club inside out, mm. and who's obviously willing to, to finish his career here and be a, a one-club man. He won't start every week. He might not even feature every week. But, yeah, no harm in giving him a, another three-year deal and, and keeping him as part of the squad. Definitely. I'm going to ask, Colin, uh, your thoughts on James E. Forrest, picking up on some of the things Natasha's already mentioned. But I'm leaving this on the screen for a bit, just so it sinks in, Colin, because, yeah, the, the lateness is, you know, there is a fine, but I'm not interested in that. What I'm interested in is a wee wager that we put on at the beginning of the season, yep. um, where Colin and I came onto the uh, broadcast and we spoke about the rebuild. We spoke about players leaving, players coming in, 
players, some of us were writing off, etc. But you know what? That's that's fine with the benefit of hindsight. But what you said back then in the preseason, Colin, is that uh, Luca Connell was okay. going to play for Celtic's yep. first team this season. And if he didn't, go and remind me, what was the, the forfeit if he didn't? £25 donation to your charity of choice. 25 quid. Well, obviously we still have the charity fundraiser uh, open for St Mary's, which you can donate to underneath the video in the description. And every time the payment comes in, it gets swiftly transferred over to St Mary's. So I think it would be on the right call and if a wee £25 donation was thrown in to the pot. And I know that you have contributed and you contribute to the cause every Christmas when we do the charity fundraiser. But let's not forget the Luke O'Connell bet. Yep. Uh, 25 quid, right? Um, and mm-hmm. Juddy, that fine that you're talking about on the screen, you can take that off your next brand deal, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's gone over my head. I'm not quite sure what, what's going on there. Anyway, um, you're talking about James A. Forrest, and I had said, let's keep him. Um, we'll get on to the other two, but I think one of the points Natasha made there was the, the experience that's walking out with the likes of Beaton and Rogic. We couldn't have afforded to allow that to happen last pre-season. Um, it still seems a wee bit premature for me, but I think we can withstand that blow 12 months on, Colin. What's your thoughts? Yeah, we had a really good conversation about this last week, um, obviously before the, the extension was added in. I think it is, was it a two-year extension? Um, because he already had 12 months left on his deal. Um, so when you look at it, for me, I think he's going to have to undergo a massive training programme this summer if he wants to continue to be a right winger, because I don't see it in the fact that he seems to have lost that yard of pace. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to get beyond his man. I know he was playing on the left-hand side on Wednesday night, but he still was struggling to get past his man. We spoke about whether his position would be better moving him inside the park, whether it be at centre-mid or playing as a number 10, now that you've lost someone like Tom Rogic, whether he'd be better playing at right-back, whatever his sort of best position would be. But all he has to do is do, sorry, that was a wee bit of Greenock slang coming in there. All he has to do is take a look at the revitalisation of some players this summer. Sunday started early the night. I know, tell us about it. Um, That's that's without a drink as well. Um, Some people do that with a drink. Um, All he has to do is take a look at the revitalisation of some players this summer. Guys like Ralston, guys like Rogic, who last season we were talking about his time's up. He's not got that extra yard of pace. He's not got that sort of movement that he once had. And he comes in and he's nominated for player of the season. There is a chance if you put in a solid programme over the summer and over pre-season that he can get back to those levels. Mm-hmm. If you look at Scott Brown, how many times did we write off Scott Brown? Mm-hmm. There is a chance for Forrest to go and do that. For me, if he can do it and he can do it in pre-season, then it might just be one of the best bits of transfer business that we do is holding on to someone like that. Because when James Forrest is at his best, he can give you 15 goals and he can give you 15 assists a season. We've not seen that now for a couple of seasons, whether that's been through injury, whether it's been through lack of fitness. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. He has the ability to get there. It's up to him to prove to us and to the board why he was given that two-year extension. See the thing for me, right, with James E. Forrest, I don't think there's been a, a period of time where it's been down to form. It's been injuries, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not been an inability to stay fit as such. We've had players in the past who couldn't stay fit until Ange Postacoglu took over. Tom Rodgick's condition, and Ange spoke about it because he said his body's not been right. He was talking about his condition. It's never been an issue with Forrest's conditioning. It's just been the injury and then the recuperation from those injuries. And I'm, I'm looking at the situation thinking, well, he's had a real bad run of luck in the last two seasons with injuries, that's not going to continue. You know, people think straight away, well, that means he's injury prone. Has he been injury prone his whole season? The last two seasons, he's been very unlucky. And I think that um, when you're looking at the development of uh, Abada, and that was spoken about today by Ange Postacoglu again, where he gave loads of credit to Nier Beton, I think it would be it would be wise to keep someone in that position with that experience just to continue to bed Abada in. He's, you know, we know what age he is, we keep saying it. Uh, but he's, he started off brilliantly, great debut season. But if we've got that experience of Forrest, just to help him along, he's been through it himself. This is his 13th season in a Celtic jersey. And um, he's due a testimonial, something that doesn't happen that often. Now, Tony Cassidy's asking if he's missed the quiz. Simply because we won the league... Um, we could have done a quiz tonight because we've got the three of us and I could have been the quiz master but we'd need to have watched Colin for his uh, ability to um, look at the comments even though he wasn't looking at the answers. Then we could have had one but because we're going to be raising the league title uh, tomorrow we thought we'd just talk about all that stuff. But it will be back, Tony. It certainly will be back. And unfortunately, Paul spent the budget. a couple of weeks off to study, so but Paul I'm Paul actually spent the budget and sending Natasha away to the Bahamas for two weeks the last time she won it. So that was a decent price, to be prize. fair. That was never a bad price. But what yeah. I would say is uh, we could run some kind of competition tonight because um, when we have success, you always think back to some people who have missed out on it because they're no longer with us. And uh, the man here, oh, sorry, here, because it's... Bertie. Uh, obviously we lost Bertie November the 14th last year and every time we have a success, I think about that I think about who have we lost, we've lost Vim Janssen this year as well, but remember Parcel of Rogues mm-hmm. during the, the campaign um, untimely passing as well uh, and he had agreed to come on this show and we were going to do a show and it was going to be me and Parcel uh, real name David and Jungle Lion who I think's in the comments section and we had actually agreed to go over to Ireland to do it and obviously that can't happen. So there's Jungle Lion in there, actually. So 
Um, who would you most like to see in the comment section on the show on a Friday during pre-season and we'll make it happen throw your votes in and if the people speak we're going to have to make it happen even if they're unpopular Colin you know they could rig it I think there'd be some interesting characters there is there's some great characters in the, the chat um, Sean South apparently saw me on Wednesday night up at Celtic Park um, I think Natasha you were there as well mm-hmm. um, Deck, Deck was on the telly Deck was there um, I saw McMahon67 was there. He introduced himself to us. Great. There's some great characters in the chat. Um, but I think when you look at it, there's been some ding-dongs in the chat this season. There's been some right good arguments. I'd like to see uh, a debate session between guys like Monty and Red Scotland and guys like that. That could be one of the best shows we've done for a while. But we'd probably need to put it on well past the watershed. <laughs> no problem. If they get voted in, we're going to have to do it. Junko, that's a good question here, and I'm going to throw it out to Natasha and Colin, because I'm not sure, right, so if you look at the contract, it looks as though they're entering the last 12 months, but is that a 12-month option? So if it's a 12-month option, we wouldn't be getting a fee for them? Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, that sounds right, and I think we don't know. I think we don't know what the position is. I don't think it's ever been confirmed by the by, by the club. I mean, if you look at the contracts they had, you know, when Rogic signed his five-year one back in 2018, you know, that expires then in 2023. So, but was there some sort of condition in there? Has there been some sort of side agreement to that? We don't know. Um, so in terms of finances at the moment, I think, you know, I wouldn't rely on anything. Um, but it's, it is, I am obviously, actually heartbroken that Tom Rogic is leaving Saturday near Bitongo as well, but I appreciate their reasons for doing it. And I think it is, right that we have let them leave on their own terms. I think, you know, by all accounts, they were approached about another year and, and both have said that they would like to now pursue their career elsewhere. And considering absolutely everything that they have both given to the club over an enormous period of time, allowing them to leave on their own terms when they want to, with the best wishes of everyone round about them, is absolutely the right thing to do. And it's also absolutely fitting that they get to leave with one more Championship medal in their in their pocket and get to leave as champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tell you what, Paul, sorry, Colin, you, on you go. It gives you some encouragement that that's perhaps how some of our business has been done as well. That there is that twelve month option that we can take up, especially on guys like Barkas, Ayeti, and Bolingoli. So we might not have two years to get rid of them. We might only have twelve months left on their deal. <laughs> Wow, it we'll get, we'll get, we'll get on to this. It can, it can. Scott, how Jamesy Forrest isn't finished, I agree with you, Scott. He will have a good season for us, and I hope you're right. And it's not blind faith. I mean, I, as I say, they may come back to haunt me. I don't think he is what you would describe injury-prone. I think he's had two seasons of bad injuries, and I think there's a difference there in whether or not he's uh, fully recovered from previous injuries or come back and, you know, um, there's been a reoccurrence. That could be an issue. Angie believes in him, and we're at that stage as well where you tend to trust Ange Postacoglu, and rightly so after the, the job that he's done, Sean South wants to come on the show. Does anybody agree with him? I mean, that might be an interesting one. Jerry uh, also, but there seems to be a big shout-out for Monty. There's a few people asking mm-hmm. for Monty Stevie. I hope Monty's Stevie. okay. <laughs> Last week it was um, Monty came on and told us that he was... COVID. He had COVID, so I hope he's doing okay. I've not been on this week, but if anyone's heard from him, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Aye. Um, hopefully he is okay. Talking of uh, evening shows, there will be a show on Tuesday night and it will be a Celtic State of Mind episode 1000. Mm-hmm. 
which wow. is quite astonishing. Um, and I think anybody who was under any illusion that uh, Axom wasn't going to be sticking around, I think we've kind of proven them wrong, Natasha. A thousand episodes were on every day. We cover every match day and we never stop. A wee bit like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's absolutely some going and credit to, to you, Paul, the team there at, at Axum Studios and all the contributors who, who pitch up now and again to, to give their their thoughts on, on all things Celtic. But, you know, the, the team we have is, is great. It's great to hear the opinions of, of so many people from, from different walks of life, with different views, with different opinions. Um, and to pull it all together into the production that Axum is, is is incredible. And it'll be nice on Tuesday to be able to, to celebrate that absolutely massive milestone of you know a thousand shows and a thousand plus more to go it's incredible to think that like at least 1000 um hours of axon is out there online uh but what i would say is the bulletin uh the way you're watching it right now the streaming process uh was born of a necessity to engage with people who perhaps weren't seeing the people that they normally seen through lockdown periods, etc. But because we built a community and you're all part of it, everybody in that comment section is part of it, we thought that we should keep it running and it will continue. But we do a lot of other stuff on the channel as well. So get onto YouTube because we're into fully produced content. There's been some great interviews. Natasha recently was up speaking to Tony Ralston. We've spoken to Alan Thompson recently, Paul Lambert. And um, as I say, we've also been down to St Mary's. There's a good feature down there um, if you're into your Celtic history. And there's something new uh, on the horizon every single week in that channel. So get on the YouTube channel and subscribe. Now, we've spoken about we, James, eh? I'm, go- I'm just going to ask you straight out. I'll start with yourself, Colin. If we were looking at Julien, Forrest, Rogic and Beaton, right? Mm-hmm. Would you have kept Julien? Yes no. or no? No. What about no. Jamesy Forrest? <laughs> On performances this season, I would have said no. Right. Natasha, James Forrest and Julien? No. Both yeah. no's? Mm-hmm. There we go. And uh, we'll move on to the third one, which, of course, is Tam, Tommy or Tom, Rogic or what's the other one? How do Thomas you say it, Colin? Rogic. Logic. There you go. Right, so quite a few pronunciations. He's in his 10th season. What I want to know is how 10 years down the line we still haven't got to the bottom of that one. That is the Didn't get me started on El Yanusi with Kevin Graham. To, to be fair, <laughs> when you look at it, it took us a season to work out that Beaton had an extra T in his passport. But you, you, even the club used to print it with, with uh, one, one T. T. Yeah. yeah. Right, so we're on to Big Tam. I think we all know who we're talking about. The guy is a supreme talent. I think twice in his Celtic career we felt he was on his way out. He continually proved people wrong. I think he's been in the best shape of his Celtic career this season, Natasha. Mm -hmm. We've seen a side to him, and what I'm talking about is his consistency, which perhaps wasn't there pre-Ange. And I'm looking at him thinking... This is potentially your best season. There might not have been as much moments of absolute wizardry in terms of the goals, because you think about Aberdeen, you think of Kelly, you think of these things. But I think over the whole, this is up there is is his vintage campaign at Celtic, and we could debate that. Um, would you have kept the big fella? Oh, of course. Without a doubt, you wouldn't have to ask me twice about that. Um, got a special place in my heart for Tom Rogic. He has given me some of the best football memories of my life and um, probably that'll be the case for, for the rest of my life um, and you know what he's done for the club just 
can't be understated. You know, when you think back to, you know, joining in 2013 from the A-League to go on to stay for almost 10 years, scoring the goal that secured us the invincible treble, being part of a team that won a quadruple treble, turning himself into, you know, really one of the best players in the country, topping it off, like you said, with probably his best ever season for the club. You know, I really do think that there were games this season that we wouldn't have won without Tom Rogic, particularly towards the end of last year, you know, that sort of October, November, December time. I think what he offers you when he plays is that he can change a game in a moment because what he can do on the ball, his ability on the ball to, to move it from one position to another, to create a whole new attack, to really switch up the game just by his talent. I don't think there's another player in the squad who quite has the ability to impact a game like Tom Rogic does, whether he starts off the bench. Um, he's been absolutely phenomenal for us this season, for the last nine, ten seasons, um, and one we are really, really going to miss. You look at his, um, his Celtic career, Colin, a guy who comes over with great potential from Australia, takes a, quite a while to establish himself at Celtic. He's played under various managers. But it looked as though his career was kind of just fizzling out and he was left behind, you know, with Lee Griffiths and a few others when Celtic travelled to to their pre-season tour of France prior to the going for the 10. Um, and, you know, at that point you're thinking he's going to leave the club, isn't he? And it didn't happen. Didn't have his best season last season, but who did? Uh, but this campaign, he's been back to his best, in my opinion, and I was a wee bit surprised and definitely quite a bit disappointed that uh, he's on his way. Yeah, definitely. I think when you look at it, he's played the same amount of games this season as he had over the last two, which shows you how much he's managed to turn his, his form around in the last uh, 12 months. And I think when you look at it, and this isn't a, a dig at anybody, by the way, here, but he was better suited to the managers whose tactics were more attack-minded and they were more they were more into the modern football as opposed to the way that the likes of Neil Lennon would set his team up, whether it be the 3-5-2 or the 4-4-2. Tom Rogic wasn't suited to that style of football. You saw the best out of Tom Rogic under Brendan Rodgers and under this season under Ange Postacoglu and it's the way that Celtic lined up you saw that, obviously, when he went back to Australia, he came back, got himself back into the team. Um, and as you said, it's going to be it's going to be really sad because he's been here nine and a half years and that's most of my adult life. And most of my adult life, I've saw <laughs> Tom Rogic. And it's I not there most of mine, mate. Exactly. Um, and we, we spoke about this maybe, what, 18 months ago when we were talking about the, the potential move to Qatar. Mm. And we're saying his time is probably up about then. How much he's turned that round and how sad it is now to see him go is a testament to him himself and the work that he's put in. And I have to say, we're talking about things like the Invincible Treble and stuff like that, and obviously everyone's really disappointed to see him go. But I did hear there was a massive cheer in the northeast of Scotland today when it was announced that Tom Rogic was leaving because that is a man that has terrorised Aberdeen for nine and a half years and thankfully for them, they'll not have to put up with him anymore. If the boy, if the man loved a goal, and the man loved a goal against Rangers and against Aberdeen, and for that, you cannot blame him. No. The thing is, well, it's only right. It would have been a bit unfair if it fizzled out, you know, if he went to Qatar, right? 
but it's only right that he's finishing off a vintage campaign for Celtic. We're back on top. Um, I'm sure that uh, his comments about us being there for a decade, mate, will be played and played and played. And we wish him well. And, you know, he's one of the guys that um, I don't know how often he'll be back at Celtic Park because he's going to be moving closer to home, I guess. But uh, we'll always be welcome. Uh, a, a great player over 10 seasons at Celtic. Now, Natasha, you might have had enough time to think about it, but what are you going to say to the big man tomorrow? You've spoken to him a few times and you might get a chance to speak to Tom Rogic. That'd be good. Um, no, it'd be, it would be nice if they maybe brought um, Rogic and beat on over for a, for a chat as well. I think that would be a nice touch. Um, I'm sure they'd be sent off with many well wishes from the people that will be there. Um, but yeah, like Colin says, Ange has been asked a lot of questions and he's not really too much of a closed book. He answers most of the questions put to him in some manner or another. But I think probably similar to, to you know what what Colin brought up in that I want to know what's next. You know what what's the what's the biggest challenge he sees that's coming up on his to do list. What where does he go from here? Um, and maybe you know what are his plans to, to sort of make some inroads into the area that we probably did fall down on this season, which is Europe. Um, and what are we going to do differently this year? And what does he think needs to be done? Um, perhaps over the preseason campaign to make sure we're in as good a position as possible to make some inroads and, and have some success in, in, in Europe, which just didn't really work out this year. Um, and, you know, there's probably going to be plenty of questions on the contribution of Rogic and Beaton and, and do they need replaced? Have they already been replaced? Is Matt O'Reilly ready to step into to Tom Rogic's shoes? Um, yeah, there'll be, there'll be plenty to, to talk to Angie about. But if anyone does have a burning question, if anyone thinks I want to hear him answer that, I want to ask him this, then please let us know. Let us know in the comments. Drop me a message on social media, on my Twitter page. Um, any question ideas are more than welcome. So so let us know. We can, we can put them to the boss tomorrow afternoon. The gaffer, absolutely. Um, I mean, where, where does uh, Luke O'Connell fit in, Colin, in all of this? Is he I a, think, I a think he's, a, he's currently trying to get promotion into is it the championship next season for Queen's Park they're in the, the playoff final I believe so no his, his Celtic career's probably over isn't it there's, there's going to be a long list of players leaving the club this summer and I think you'll find his name on it unfortunately um, look <laughs> look at Luca. Um players came in under a certain regime and you can tell the ones that were Ange Andrew's looking at to be part of his squad and ones that aren't. And I think you'll see that again this summer with the ones that we can't move on permanently. They'll also move on out on loan again. Um, even guys like Uri and Shaw who came in before Andrew's announced. Yeah. Be interesting to see what their future still has at Celtic. So well, this, I think this, that's interesting, Colin, because they were clearly legacy signings. I mean, they're deals that were, were lined up. Um, and he's realised, I think, pretty early doors that uh, they had to go out and get game time elsewhere, which both of them have done. They've been loaned mm-hmm. out. Um, and he's, there's a decision to be made on others like, you know, Robertson coming back from loan yep. as well. So it will be it will be interesting to see the incomings and outgoings. Uh, but what I hope uh, will happen is that, again, you know, if, if we bring in half a dozen um, and half a dozen guys that aren't contributing leave, I would have been happy. But then you throw in people like Tommy Rogic and, and Nir Beaton, who I probably didn't expect to leave. And then you think, well, maybe we need to strengthen a wee bit more as well. But let's talk about Nir Beaton. That's, that's what I was saying, Paul, when you look at it. Four of these guys that you're going to bring in, or three of them, at least, are loan deals that you've already got in the squad. Mm-hmm. You're then going to have to replace the two that are leaving, who have played between them, what, 40, 50 games each? Yeah. 
So I, I think without even realising it, you're potentially looking at another summer of bringing somewhere between 8 and 12 players in once Could again. Could be double figures. Could well be. Near yeah. um, on then, what's your relationship been like with him? as a Celtic supporter, Natasha, near Beaton. I mean, I don't think he's anybody's favourite Celtic player. Used to be Collins, but he doesn't admit it now. Um, that was a wee while ago. And I think that the big thing for him this season was he was basically played in his strongest position. And he showed why he's an international player. Um, he's a very well-decorated Celtic player. But I think we can afford to lose him. Mm. I'm going to be honest. I think I would have kept him, by the way, because I've said that mm. time and time again. But I, I never think he's been a pivotal member yeah. of, of a team. He, he has been a pivotal member of the squad this season, but mm. not of that starting lineup. And I think that um, there might already be somebody in there that uh, Ange Postecoglou rates as a replacement in Eddie Gucci. I'm not sure if someone else will come in of that ilk, but I think we can withstand the loss of uh, Nier Beaton. Yeah, me too. I think, um, again, another absolutely great servant to the club, and I think he has a real. I think he's a quality player. I think, you know, he is good in the, the position that suits him best. And he, he's had some really strong, strong games for the club when we've needed them. Um, but like we've touched on, he, he isn't anyone's favourite Celtic player of all time. It's never going to be the case. He's never going to be the favourite Celtic player in the squad that we've got. But that doesn't mean he hasn't made a great contribution to the club, which everyone's absolutely grateful for. Um you know, so again, someone who leaves Celtic with their absolute best wishes and thanks for the contribution that he's he's made. I think for near Beaton, they had a few factors working against him, um, and one of them that he was that he was slightly prone to, to being a bit of a liability from time to time, um, and not all of it is fault. And I think a lot of the time he got a, a hard press for that. You know, the the few red cards and some big moments. Um, so you know, I think he, he did have a couple of things working against him, obviously, but. Overall, he has really contributed well to this club for 10 years. You know, he's given the biggest part of his career to this football club. He's helped us achieve incredible success. Um, will we miss him? Yeah, do you know, I think I think we will. I think we will miss someone who has the versatility that he does. Um, I think especially when we're, we're looking to, you know, show up a game with, you know, you know, 10 minutes to go or whatever, and we need his physicality, we need his presence. I think that he's, he's really good at that. It's good that we can play him at centre half, although Julian might not like it. It's good that we can have him in the the middle of the park. So I think we will miss him. Whether Adiguchi is that replacement, we just haven't seen enough of him yet um, to know that. But perhaps you know, Angie and the backroom team have seen enough of that, um, and they they do think he, he's going to be a suitable replacement. And if he's not, then I trust Ange and you know it's it's rare that we're trusting the club to recruit well but you know the way that things have been going our recruitment's been excellent under Postacoglu so if we are looking for a beat on replacement then I trust that he'll he'll bring the right man in and he's got a I think he's, he's probably had enough warning of this. You know, I don't think that Beaton and Rogic leaving was news to Ange in the last week or so. I think this is something that has been known behind the scenes for some time now which is a good thing because that lets Ange, the recruiters and the scouting department start, you know, to prepare for the eventuality of them leaving if we've known about it for, you know, a while now. So Mm. I'm sure there's, there's people lined up and ready to step into the shoes. Yeah. I think Ange said something like it was a turn of the year 
that he might have been aware of it, Natasha. Now, a couple of questions coming in for your big meet and greet with Ange Postacoglu. That's if you get a, any kind of chance to speak to him, if Declan's there. And one of the things I would be asking is, was it Mark Lobel, Peter Lobel, or Dominic Mackay that brought him to Celtic? Because they're all <laughs> taking wee nibbles. They're taking little bits of credit for that. Uh, Jungle Lion is asking, what's next season's expectations? I think that's a great question. Um, and Sean South... I think it's pretty obvious that he probably does. It goes uh, 50 shades of grey, let's just say, throughout the season. Um, Uncle Nobby Steamboat, ask Ange, what is his long-term goals, plans for Celtic? Uh, John Goldline, another interesting question. Did he sign James McCarthy? Uh, you might get shouted out the room if you ask him that one. And um, finally, what does success in Champions League look like? Mm-hmm. Something I've been coming up with... Uh, probably since he said it, was, you know, when Bankier, Ian Bankier, sorry to be disrespectful, when Ian Bankier said that we can't compete with the big clubs in Europe, I was I was furious about that because I'm a, I'm a realist, but at the same time, I think that Celtic need to have expectations in Europe. They need to have ambitions in Europe. And that has never been clarified by the club. So it would be interesting because I think you would get an honest answer from Ange Postecoglou, Natasha. What do you think, realistically, our expectations should be at that level? Well, if we're talking about the the Champions League group stages, a lot of that is going to depend on who we're drawn against. Um, You know, we do have to have realistic expectations. But if the draw, you know, works relatively in our favour, depends who we're coming up against, I don't think that there's any reason why a club like Celtic's ambition shouldn't be to get through the group in the Champions League. Um, it used to be our ambition, it used to be what we saw as success in Europe was to get out the the, the group. So with Postacoglu, with the squad, I don't see why that shouldn't be our ambition again. And I know the landscape of Europe is changing and I know the bigger teams are getting further and further away from us. That's just the way things are working but I want to see us trying to keep up a bit more than we are and um, yes they're advancing with their hundreds of millions and their their hundreds of million pound players but I don't think as a club we can say that our ambition isn't to get out of the group stage of the, the Champions League I think that would be settling for far too little so you know if I want to answer that question honestly I think he has to be saying that he the, the plan is to qualify out of the group and see where we go from there depending on the draws um, because I think that's where we should be at as a club, um, and it, like I said, a lot of it all depends on on the draw. There, there is, does have to be some element of expectation, but we do need to be competing in Europe a lot better than we have been in recent years. No doubt. I mean, in the five years that we've been uh, broadcasting on a Celtic state of mind, first as an audio platform and then moving into the um, the broadcast arena. I think that there's been a a deliberate management of expectation or downgrading of expectation by the club. And because I remember having a conversation with Kevin in the first few months of this this show about Celtic still being a Champions League club. He told me, no, we're a Europa League club. Well, last season we weren't even that. And I think that over a period of time, Colin, it can be quite a dangerous um, game to play if you start believing that kind of hype that Ian Bank here uh, was trying to serve up the last time at the AGM in relation to us not being a European side. I think as a Celtic fan base, we can't accept that any longer, can we? No, everyone's aspirations will come back to Europe eventually. I mean, as we said last week, the bread and butter is the league. And we lost that last season. We got it back. It's back where it belongs. And you want to build from the position of strength. And the position of strength is now that you're the Scottish champions, you're the best team in Scotland, and then you go from that point onwards. And for us, 
I, I, I think the, the progression in Europe next season is still being in it after one knockout round has been completed. Whether that be in the Champions League, whether it be in the Europa League, as long as one knockout round has been completed and we are still in that competition, that is progress. That has to be our goal next season. We have to win a knockout tie. See, the thing, this Colin, is- I, don't, I don't disagree with that, but I always get the impression that Celtic um, simply want to do better than they did last season. So they'll be looking at the fact that we didn't even qualify for the groups. And I think that there, there are certain people, decision makers at the club, who will feel that getting into the groups is the progression. And I don't agree with that. I, I would what, much rather agree with you. What have you done, though, for that? What have you done? You've won the league to get that. Yeah. You've what's done that? nothing in so, Europe. That? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've turned, you've turned up six times. That's not progression. No, I agree with you. I totally agree so with for you. for me, whether it be that we finish third and we go into the Europa League, and from that point you've got the last 32, last 16, etc., at least one knockout win next season has to be the the goal. Uh, you have to have something that you can build on from next season. Because I tell you what, you win the league next year, you're straight into the Champions League group stage again. That's so, huge. It's absolutely massive, Colin, yeah. So the focus will be on the league again. But just getting that one knockout win means that you're not going back and saying well, it was 2004 in the new Camp when we last won a knockout game. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some people that's watching this show that weren't born when we last <laughs> won a knockout tie. Straighten him. That is my, my wee brother was a couple of months old. Wow. And he's, he's now out drinking pints. That's how <laughs> bad it is. All right, starting early. Jungle Lion, no, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a decent quiz question. I'm going to ask... Is that right? I'm going to ask Colin first. Can you give me a, a Scottish team that starts and finishes? And don't look at the comments. He's five. You've looked at the comments, Natasha. Do you know one? Alwa. Alwa Athletic doesn't well. count. Oh come on! I'm, I'm taking that. Alwa well, Athletic. Celtic. <laughs> Celtic. This one. Is an obvious one. Uh, Dundee Marla. United. Yeah, Dundee United. Exactly. Yep. How many is there? I reckon there's five or six. Yeah, I've seen that before. Uh, Dundee United. There you go. Yes, there wasn't a quiz tonight because you know what? We're going to be lifting the uh, the league trophy tomorrow, and it's all about that. It's all about Natasha representing Celtic and and uh, Celtic state of mind rather at Celtic Park and speaking to Ange Postecoglou uh, tomorrow. And I think that uh, the question that's on most of our lips at the moment is around the European question. You know the ambitions that we've got in Europe. What will be progression? I tend to agree with Colin, which uh, isn't the norm. Uh, because we do have a few disagreements. Luke O'Connell, Tony Ralston, who else? Leo Connor. Any others, Colin? Mm, just them two. Near, near beat on. Near beat on. Yep. And you're um, disappointed to see him go, let's be honest. I, well, you know, I, I think he's one that we can we can withstand that loss. I think we can withstand any loss. Celtic Football Club will be here regardless, but we can definitely withstand that. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to, to see Forrest staying. I know a lot of people disagree with that. But um, yes, Natasha has been uh, back on a Celtic state of mind for the first time in a couple of weeks. And we will be going throughout the, the pre-season. We'll keep you up to date with what we'll, we're going to be doing on a day-to-day basis uh, because obviously there will be no games to discuss. I hope everybody is enjoying their season uh, this time round at Celtic because last season was really difficult to swallow. Uh, Just keep the positivity up. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved in the comments. And thank you once again, Colin Watt and Natasha Miko, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind.
mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.